0: Hey guys, this is Emil Heskey, and you're listening to the guys from the Koppenkracht. The longest wait, a generation on and more, for the 19th time in their history, for the first time in the Premier League.
3: So of coffee bracka powered by this on media group. I am your host Chris. And this week I am joined by Ellis, Mark and Alec. Just before we get stuck into this week's episode, I um, just want to plug our Discord channel, uh, the Twitch Line Media Group Discord channel. Uh, it's just a fantastic way to get in contact with other like-minded fans, so if you're a United fans, you can get in contact with other United fans, uh, if you're a Liverpool fan of course, you can get in contact with other Liverpool fans. And we've got a whole host of other options on there as well, so if you're a basketball fan, we have stuff for courtside. If you're an F1 fan, we have pit stop stuff in there as well. So it's just, just a really cool way to get involved and connect with everyone else, listening to Tushline uh, Podcast. So do head over to, um, I think we'll try and plug uh, the link we have for this uh, underneath the usual tweet that goes out. Uh, of course, as well, we have the Tushline uh, Fracas YouTube channel, which is generating just so much amazing content. And if you're not subscribing, then I really don't know what you're doing at this point because I've been on about it for the better part of five weeks. And if you're not subscribed by now, that's on you. And you're missing out on some. Quality stuff. <laughs> and of course, last but not least, uh, we do have the Cop and Fracas Patreon page. Uh, so if you're a fan of what you hear from us on a weekly basis here at Cop End, please do head over to patreon.com forward slash Cop and Fracas. And from as little as £3 a month, you can subscribe to a whole host of extra content and features that is enabled for our Patreon members. So, let's get stuck into it. So, we're recording this straight after Liverpool have beaten Ajax one goal of ours well to zero of theirs, which is how football works. Um, Mark, I'll come to you on this one. It was a fairly dull game for the most part, but the Kirby boys, they really showed up this evening, didn't they? Man. the young boys,
1: man. Joe's doing it again with another winner. Um, Nico looking great. Klopp ran straight over to Keller after his save against Klaus Huntela. He looks really, really solid as a backup goalkeeper. He was so much more sure than Adrian is. Like, even balls into the box, he just claimed them really, really well. Um, and I think that was a performance that will stand him in good stead moving forward. He will just continue to build on it. Nikos had his troubles, as you can imagine, his past starts against Atlanta and Brighton. But he was really, really solid today. Almost had like an amazing passage of play where he flicked it over Tadio Fico. Fico, went skidding past him, sent him shots, passed it down the wing. even got an assist today for Curtis Jones's goal and we already know Jones, like we glow so much about him every single time he plays. He's so assured on the ball. Um, he could have probably had three goals today. He had a chance early on in the game where he took it, I believe, on his left foot and didn't really connect too cleanly, hit the post straight after that and then his actual goal where he was just determined like he was concentrated on the flat of the ball obviously there was a keeper goalkeeping error there and keeper made a ridiculous mistake but he kept his eye on the ball and he was able to get the goal and take advantage of that
3: yeah no I've, I've Really good performance from Necko Williams. Uh, I mean especially what I mean we'll touch on it later on, but it was a little bit of a difficult one for him at the weekend at Brighton. So it was nice to see him get a really good run out for the full ninety and put on a fantastic display from from what we've seen from him from last season as well. Um Annie, just to touch on one of the points that uh, Mark made as well. Um I'm absolutely gonna I'm gonna completely butcher the pronunciation of his first name. Kewin Kelleher.
2: I'll take that. That's
3: cool. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. we um, promise, though, so if you are listening, um, Keller, Mr. Kelleher, uh, we, we will get that presentation down sooner rather than later. Um, I mean, we did hear some. Obviously rumors from last night, uh, granted they weren't the best sources or whatnot, that Adrian uh not Adrian, thank God he wasn't playing, um, that Allison uh, would not be available for this game. Um and we were all thinking that Adrian was gonna be in goal, and we were in a bit of a panic and a tizzy as, as per as per history dictates. But I mean we saw Kelleher coming to the style eleven and from what we've seen from him before to what we saw tonight. You saw less of a boy and more of a man because there were some fantastic reaction saves and just all-round general sturdy goalkeeping.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think he came in today. Um, you know, I think to be honest with you, I'd I I'd, I'd never really heard of his performances. I'd never can't really remember the last time he played. I think someone mentioned the group chat it was a game against Aston Villa last year where, where where they played the kids and and we got hit for six or seven but you know what he came in today and he really stepped up um he showed just you know just, just a degree of confidence and when he collected the ball where his distribution was good that save was world class like to save from a top quality striker in the last uh, sorry in the final few minutes and come through like that was 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 top um it, it, i think i think i'm much more comfortable having him in there as opposed to Adrian. Um you can see what he we he offers. And I think the fact that Klopp went straight over to him at the final whistle just pays a testament to his performance. Um really assured there, really happy with his performance to be honest with you. Um and yeah, just 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 good to have someone there that can step in. Um obviously with Alisson's injury, we're not sure how long how many games he may play or even if Adrian may play. But um, definitely, I was really impressed with his performance today. Champions League. Yeah. So,
1: while we're still on colour, yeah, I feel like that was reminiscent of Adrian's goal that he conceded against Dominic Calvert-Lewin, where it was straight at him, a powerful header straight at him, and he and just, just conceded he it. Away. Yeah, like, but that was really, really good to see that he just parried it away. And the strike from, I can't the Moroccan guy, I don't know how to pronounce his name, um, but the strike in the first half where he tipped it round the pole yeah, with yeah. his right hand. Yeah. That was a great save as well. And being I believe twenty two and which is quite a young for a keeper, he still has a lot of time to grow and he can be Allison's understudy and learn learned so much from who some people would consider the best keeper in the world.
3: Yeah, just to touch on the Allison injury quickly. It looks like he probably won't be able to play Wolves at the weekend, which is a bit of a bit of a pain in the ass, really. Um Obviously, you probably wouldn't have played against Michelin next week now, considering that we qualified. So it'd be the match after that in the Premier League, um, which I'm drawing a blank on who we do play. Is it Spurs?
1: Fulham. Fulham. No, Fulham, Fulham first, then
4: Fulham. Oh, yeah. This weekend? Fulham. Next that weekend, is. Fulham. Yeah. Oh, next weekend, uh, Fulham, yeah. Yep. Yeah.
3: So if you can get back to the Fulham game, that would be a fairly good one. Historically, I mean, after last night's result for for Fulham, you would have thought that would have been a game where they probably wouldn't have been peppering the goal. But, I mean, after what they did to Brendan Rodgers' Leicester last night, it's a bit of a difficult one. Uh, But, yeah, with Keller, I mean, uh, there were some performances last night where you just saw this, like, little boy in goal. He he didn't look fairly big. He didn't look fairly imposing. You're thinking... With a goalkeeper, especially, you want your goalkeeper to be really big, really imposing to come out, head stuff, you know, uh, head and push stuff away um, with ease. But no, he looks looks like a completely different guy this evening. And I think one of the most assuring things was as well, obviously, with every game that we're playing <laughs> from now on this season, we're playing with a makeshift back four. Um, mm. There were no real communication errors, which was really good, and everyone just looked fairly comfortable in terms of passing the ball around and looked comfortable with him in the in between the sticks. Which I think is massively important too. So a fantastic performance from him and it, for me personally I could probably say he's my man in the match, which probably tells yeah. you how bit b- b- cool. of a boring of a game it was, in all honesty. Um Elves, I'll come to you for the last of the Kirby Boys who played tonight. Um Curtis Jones. Oh so boy. There's, a bit, there's been a totally little, little bit of a theme. A little bit of a theme recently with Curtis Jones in terms of just in terms of general performance play. And the level of maturity that he's been showing in these performances. Um, and again, this evening, he grabs a goal with a fantastic assist from Neko. Uh, whether he meant it or not, it all counts. Um, but yeah, another another fantastic performance from
4: him. Your thoughts? Yeah, I was impressed. Um, last season, when he came into the team, my one criticism of him was that he dwelled onto the ball for too long. And he always tried to be the main guy in the men's team. Things that he could do in a youth team, which is fair. He can be the guy because he's head and shoulders above everyone. But in the the men's team, no one's going to give you that time. And it seems like over the summer, um, over the short preseason that they had, he learned that he doesn't have to do that. Just keep it simple. With that, the maturity has come in because he moves the ball ever so quickly. He runs into space. He always knows what he wants to do. He never builds on the ball. And um, even when he's 40 goals a today, running at a back post, there's nothing that he's also going to learn as time goes on to get him amongst the goals. So, yeah, it was another a short performance from, from him. Um, every time he's come into the team, he hasn't really looked out of place, to be fair. And um, with the young boys, they're talented. So, when they play with better players, their quality, chance-proof. Um, it's unfortunate that they play like Nico Williams. They play in like makeshift teams and then... It's a bit hard for them. to be bit hard for him, yeah. per se. Yeah. Um, obviously, the talent level is different with Curtis. Curtis can be in a major team is still his talent transfer. But sometimes he still struggles as well because the team is getting oppressed. But, um, yeah, obviously, what, what more can we say about him? He's got a, a bright future ahead of him. Like, the rest of the boys just needs to stay focused and just keep on going. But, obviously, with him, we won't talk too much. And obviously, other teams like to big up their boys quickly. But with us, we just let them do their thing. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Can I just say one last thing on Curtis, real quickly? Um, I feel like when you're playing the midfield three, you need to have someone who makes those late runs into the box or is prepared to get forward. And it is so exciting to, well, so ha- it makes me so happy to see someone like Curtis Stone coming into the squad, especially when the people that we have who should be that incisive or should be that creator are not available at the moment. So. It's specifically K.R. and Thiago. And even though he can create from deep, similar to them, not to the same quality, but similar to them, he possesses that drive to go forward and that drive to score goals, which Thiago doesn't particularly have and Naby doesn't particularly have. So he's just another weapon in the toolbox, I guess. Weapon in Arsenal, even.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think just to add on to what Marco said there, I think whenever he just picks up the ball, he looks like he wants to make things happen and having Wanyaudem and Henderson there as a base today I think really allowed him to do that. Whenever CJ got on the ball, he was just looking to make things happen. He can also he he's also got a good shot from range, so that's another sort of weapon that he can he can use. But I just think his performance today was top. Like we we needed the players to step up and arguably the youth team players came through. Um, you know, Nico Williams, Kelleher and Jones um, and yeah and, and and they really made a statement and and I keep going back to this it's on, it's on a Champions League night as well and, and a big, big game so um, yeah, fantastic from the guys Definitely.
4: Quickly, on, on Kelleher before we move on um, there's something I noticed today that he's equally adept at kicking it with his left foot and his right foot which is mm. decent to be fair um, so um, I, I like that the confidence to do it which was really, really good and going back to what you said, is like he looked like a man, I think what they've done with him, they've made him add weight and put in a bit yeah. of mass before coming into the men's game because um it's hard, it's hard Like defender you've got like six foot five, seventeen stone defenders running at you, you've got to have a bit of uh, something about you. So yeah, I think that's really what they were doing. They were just um helping him to grow, grow into his body get his basics. I, I think he had the basics there but it's just a paper thin. So, yeah. that's good to see. And yeah, just to, quite, just to so double a on and,
1: um, When the ball did come back to him and he was unsure, he booted it long. And that's all we've been asking Adrian to do. If you're unsure about anything, <laughs> get the fuck out of there. And I was so... Every single time he did it, I did a little clap. I jumped <laughs> around a little bit. There was one boy, he did it, yeah, and Mane ended up controlling the ball. And that's all you need to do sometimes. Get away from the goal, get into the opposition's half of the pitch, and they might make mistakes. Don't put an onus on yourself all the time to make that mistake, similar to what Adrian does, where against Aston Villa, he doesn't need to make that pass to Gomez. He could have just booted it for that Aston Villa's first goal.
3: I think it's interesting. Do you reckon they just uh, show? they reckon they showed him on loop, like kind of Clockwork Orange style? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Adrian's pass against uh, <laughs> against uh, against Athletic Madrid that led to the bloody goal. <laughs> so they just like, <laughs> kind of say, whatever you do, please don't do this. Yeah, um, sure but, I mean, that's a it's... that's a really that's a really interesting point though, from Mark. Uh, In of sometimes you just need someone to boot it long, and we we do miss that kind of long ball from the back as well, with no Gomez and no uh, no Virgil van Dijk especially.
4: Yeah, yeah. I'm sure, like you say, Chris, they're probably struck him down to the seat, flipped his just, like he's <laughs> 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 <I> earlier, <mean>, like... <laughs> for like... you him know, that you know, propaganda, man. <laughs> for 48 <laughs> hours, just, just sat him there. But yeah, man, that's what you do need, man. You just get up, get up. And then, with that, the team will press anyway. So once the ball's there, the team's looking to press anyway. So that's gonna help the team. So um yeah, we're, we're really proud of that the three the free play. Then Reese Nelson comes up and Reese Nelson, sorry, Reese Williams comes on. That's a good act of faith from Klopp to bring in someone so young to like just shore up see the defence. Yeah. yeah, it used to be um Lovren's role just to see out the game and I think he won the header as well, which I really like about Reese Williams, he wins headers. So quietly we will say that the future is bright, quietly. And will quietly
1: also say, Adrian, you're done out here. Sorry, bro. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Sorry, bro. Just yeah, the way it, it, goes. Be, it just seems to be the end of the road for, uh, for old Adrian. But, I mean, he's done well.
4: He's done right for himself, is not he? You know what I mean? Yeah, he's got a league, yeah. Can't, can't complain.
3: Just
1: done. So, we've got Wolves next with Alisson not being fit. Sorry, Chris, to take over host duties somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no,
3: go for it. Go for it.
1: <laughs> got Wolves next. Um, then Michelin, then Fulham. Do you think Keller should play all three games even if Adrian is, so if Alisson is fit?
0: No, nah,
4: if Alisson's fit, you get him back in goal. It's Expedition's as soon possible? Fit. Yeah, expedition. Because he might be fit for Michelin. Yeah,
1: you put him in goal, man. Oh, cool. there,
2: you you go- go- you in I'm go- not Michelin.
1: sure about Michelin. Bro, I would got- personally get- wait until Spurs to bring back. I listen
4: in. No, nah, it's too many games not playing.
3: Nah, I'm playing I play for Fulham.
4: You will, are you all playing for Michelin? I want to play for Michelin. We're qualified. I'll
1: let Keller, I'll let Keller sit yeah.
4: there, man. Yeah, but if he's, got that, if he's had a week off, I man, if he's had a couple of weeks off, I would have said... Yeah,
3: I, think se- I think in a season where rest and emphasis yeah. on rest is so important, I think if, yeah. if, you can get a, if you can get a few more days of R&R in and then get really kind of like just... Um, ready for Fulham. That'd be fantastic. Uh, just before we kind of push on with uh, one of the other uh, talking points from the Ajax game, just want to pull out some Curtis Jones facts and stats from his uh, performance against Ajax. Uh, 79% passing completion, uh, four shots on goal, one goal, of course, he hit the woodwork in the first half, which will be a bloody good goal. Um, so two successful dribbles, um, Won four out of his five aerial duels as well for, I mean, oh, oh, oh. that's that's really impressive. Uh, two clearances and an obsession. Not a bad evening out for young Curtis Jones. But, yeah, one of the other points I wanted to touch on, just before we kind of change the conversation over to the uh, to the Brighton game, what? Um, Sadio Mane. Anyone? I mean, we slightly touched on it, but I think it's a little bit of a it's a harsh question to say, but is anyone concerned about Sadio Mane's recent form with kind of like being capsized with the performance this evening? Because for me, he looked really lethargic and he just looked he looked knackered. Well, the, yeah,
4: he probably did. He, probably did um, he's all, he always has this kind of run in a season where for a few games he doesn't score, doesn't look too potent. He probably does need a rest, probably does need a couple games out, but with him being so dangerous... When can we do that? But then we've just have to come in so we can afford at least one person to sit out and rest. Um, I'm a bit worried because the games are coming quick and fast. When does he? When does his form pick up? Yeah. Do you know am And the way the season is now, if you lose like a couple of games, you can find yourself yeah. in foresight. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, he's a player who will pick up anyway. Uh, what I do like about Mane and Salah, yeah, the Alephic, when they're not playing well, they still get goals. So um, hopefully it will come in. But one in nine is not really money form. Well, hopefully it'll pick up. Well, in a short term, I'm a bit worried.
1: You know what? I it didn't come across my mind until today when someone mentioned it in the group, and I still feel like Mane's overall performance has been quite good. I feel like there are times where a sharper money scores certain chances that he has miscontrolled or he hasn't picked up the right, or well, made the right decision. But today, I think he could have scored. And that's mainly down to, do you remember Henderson's cross? Where Henderson whipped it just above his head. I think Trent, in that position, smashes it along the floor, Mane scored it easily. And then we're not having this conversation anymore. But he's still getting into the places to have those opportunities. He's, he had about two, three opportunities today where, If he had a better touch, he would probably score. There was the one where he was sent through, I believe, by Henderson. Um, He miscontrolled it. And then the right-back came around and whipped their leg around to it. Um, But there was quite a few like that. And Mane is so dangerous, even when he isn't scoring. His ability to take people on -on one-on-one, his link-up with Robertson, as we saw several times tonight. He's such a great person to have in the team, even though he isn't scoring. I think all it takes is a little bit of rest. I would yep. rest him for Midtjylland, I would rest him for Fulham. So I would start maybe Origi for Midtjylland, I would start maybe Jotter on the left for Fulham, and then i will bring him back in for Spurs, rearing to goal so he can rip apart Ory.
0: And just before, with just, Man- just, just,
3: Yeah, just for Anne, kind of intersects on the conversation there. I want to say, I think you raised a really good point there, Mark, as well. I think... In one of the one of the departments, we're incredibly blessed in at the moment, especially without injuries. Touchwood, um, we can we have the affordability to kind of rest Sadio Mining for a week if we wanted to, so we can play Jota out on the left. You can even bring Minamino in as the default. So from that point of view, we are definitely kind of safe from that angle if we do want to give him a little bit of a breather.
0: Hello, me here from Touchline Practice. 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over, so businesses all over the globe have been challenged to be their most efficient and that means that every single hire that they have is critical. Indeed are the number one job site in the world, with more total visits than any other job site. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the right person for your business. Unlike other job sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. So you only pay for what you need. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out for a $375 credit at Indeed.com forward slash Blue Wire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com forward slash Blue Wire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, I think, uh, I think on
2: the money point, to be honest with you, I'm not worried at all about money. I know he'll come good. I know that for me, I always say this to my brother whenever I'm watching games with him. He's like a fullback's nightmare, and he's still showing that. Like I know um, the game against uh, Leicester, he had Fafan far on toast, and obviously he obviously wasn't up to the levels that he usually shows. But he still, even today, he was showing that he was getting in, he was making it a nightmare for for the defenders. It's probably just his final touch or final ball that needs to be worked on. But I don't want to cause too much of a stir here, but if you're gonna suggest that Mane's form or is, is a concern, then you can obviously say the same about Salah as well, because Salah really missed much. no, because he missed he missed three clear cut chances today. Mm-hmm. He was in one on one. He no, had well, the chance to him. shoot. But no, no, but but Salah's form hasn't been the best either. Yeah, it has. What are you talking about? Yeah. What, what, no, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. What, about, what about in the past three games? Ever since Sal has come back from uh, international break, he hasn't... Yeah, but played two. he played three. He played three. He played three.
3: No, he played three. Play well last
2: week against... He, he, he played, played what, what, against six,
3: 60 minutes of um, Atlanta. Really?
2: Yeah. And yeah. the yeah. following no. one was the... F-
3: Full and one was the full ninety, and he played. He played all right there. I mean, he, he, we got to remember he did add the ball at the back of the net. Granted, so uh, did money. Was yeah, but money was clearly but, offside, I
2: mean, <laughs> which we'll talk about later it. on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so,
4: so, uh, with money, the thing is, it is over, his over overall game like today, he wasn't good. His touch wasn't there. He was making a wrong decision. Did you remember when he ran into the box and he just fell down? And Salah kind of looked at him like, "Bro, get off get up bro, man." You, you know what I'm <laughs> saying, like. There was times where he could play Salah in and he just dimmed on the ball. He couldn't beat his man at times. Even against Brighton, when he came on, his touches were loose. He wasn't, he wasn't the, the assured money that we know he, against uh, Atalanta. Everybody was rubbish. So, even this season, for you to suggest that Salah's form has been bad is wrong because Salah's like, got eight goals. No, 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 no,
2: no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm not saying this season. I'm saying since he's come back since he's come back from the international break, he's not so he's looked come back the same from the player.
4: I'm sure he's got one goal. No, he
2: hasn't. He hasn't.
4: Okay. Well, go, like, apart, like, apart from that, Atalanta he didn't play well for, I'll give you that, he only played 60 minutes. Um, Against Brighton, he played really well. Nobody was in. Yeah, I think the he, well was he got an assist at
3: an yeah. Brighton. And he got a
4: very, very good assist
1: as well. That pass yeah. was a short pass, but the touch. ability to do that touch, yeah. Yeah, I, today, mean, today today wasn't but I mean,
2: okay, but then, okay, right, that's fine. A decent assist against Brighton, okay. But what, what about today? He had, he had three clear cut, he had three, free clear cut chances today, and, and you would have expected him didn't... to have buried them. Oh, come on, come on! Would you have expected him to bury those chances? Yeah, today? definitely. Yeah, of course, of course. And, and I also, also think can... he didn't get the ball
1: when he wanted the ball. Sometimes those times when but... he was pointing for the ball, and he, w- the ones where he was pointing for the ball, he would have been one on one with the goalkeeper, and for me. Salah's not missing three one-on-ones. He'll score at least one of those one-on-ones, innit? If they played the ball to him every single time he was asking for it when it was evident they could, then yeah. There was a couple of times in the first half where Yotta didn't play the ball to him. And you could tell he was getting frustrated by that. But Yotta's but still getting used to the team. So I understand a bit of miscommunication there. And Jota still wanting to get on the score sheet himself because he's been in a fantastic run. But I'm not too worried about Salah at all, man. Salah gets goals. Even when he's not playing well, he's still a bags man. Huh? Right, so before we move on from Ajax, I want to shout out me and Chris's boy. He came on, had a decent little cameo, almost scored himself. He had some nice little touches. You know who I'm on about. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Is that Bobby?
1: Yeah, man, Bobby. I feel yeah, like he's great. Decent... he
4: done a when he got the ball. Like, I think he'd be like free man. Yeah, man
3: when he when he when he picked the ball up in our own half, yeah. being three man running through, and the pass was fantastic. It was, was it Mane who kind of yes, yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> 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 it was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but no, I think I, I, I mean, yeah, I, I think it's, it's amazing what you can do when you give players some rest, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, oh, mate, <laughs> um, um, again, that's what but, Mane needs.
1: Yeah, yeah like that's that from Bobby. He was actually sprinting, you know. Like, I scroll and make his way to the box really, really fast. Yeah. And it's something that we haven't seen for quite some time. I've seen him jogging behind the plate sometimes this season. And it's really frustrating to watch. But today, the movement's back. Maybe Yotta's inclusion and him being on a bench now sparked something into him. But who knows, innit? Hopefully, we could see some more of him.
3: And yeah, hope mean, he's a It's no different to any other workplace, isn't it, really? I mean, if someone comes in and they're kind of like, Performing to the levels you expect you currently expect to be at, but you're not. You're going to light a bit of a fire under your ass, and you're going to be performing a bit a bit more better, and you're going to put a little bit more effort in. Not saying that he's not putting the effort in at all. You know that's that's not what we're saying here, but it's going really to spur you on just to kind of go that extra extra 50 yards and and do something a little bit special. Um, but just to bring everything a bit full circle, really. Um, yeah, I think just to add points earlier, there was one shot at the nearly kind of like end of the game it was probably about 82 minutes when Salah was kind of thrown goal and hit it wide and you would have expected him to score from there so I think there is kind of like a scenario where you know when you weigh it up you could say that he's probably not performing well um, but again with that with attackers the currency is goals so if you keep if you have a shit game and you score or you get an uh, assist you can pile that off and say that's a, that's a good performance but it's just it is how it is really isn't it at the end of the day and
1: Fernando's on that one
3: still Bro, that guy. Inevitable. He's inevitable. He's scary let's not start
2: there. that debate now. Let's not start that
1: debate. <laughs> <laughs> I know we don't have time, but we can go there any time we want, you know. <laughs> let's not start that
3: debate. Yeah, let's not start that debate. That debate. Bloody hell. Um, but yeah, um, on to Saturday's 12.30 kickoff, off uh, which, you know, Jurgen Klopp was, to say he was unpleased with the uh, scheduling there, uh, which we'll touch on a little bit. Yeah, a little bit later on. Um, in terms of the actual performance, let's 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 start off. For first thirty-five minutes, Brighton played really well.
4: Agreed, agreed. I thought first first ten minutes, I thought we came in. We was really good. We was playing some good stuff. Agreed. Yeah, we were popping the ball around. Then, obviously, the home team gets into the game. It's their pitch, anyway, so they're gonna. They're gonna pop it around, and I thought they played well. To be fair, they were getting in behind us. Connolly was just hanging on uh, the centre backs, and was able oh to... bloody
3: hell! But mm-hmm. hell, Connolly turns to fucking like Neymar, but, didn't
4: he? Yeah, he just he just hangs off <laughs> he hangs off the centre backs, and that ball was always there for him. Um, he had a chance where he tried to open up his body and slip his past, uh, yeah, which was un- un- unlucky. To be fair, um, they got a penalty. It was a bit of a mistake from a bit of a mistake. It was a mistake from uh, Williams. There, a bit of naivety. It was rash. Yeah, it was very rash. Yeah, he tried to get back on in the ball and gave it away. Um, all in all, I thought we done we done okay to, to to try and secure the result up until what ninety something minutes where. Yeah, yeah. Then Robbo loses. I would say. Well, yeah, I'll say Robbo loses his head.
3: <laughs> well, it's it's it's, it's a uh, let, let, let's just let, let's just look into the, the actual decisions themselves then, because yeah, yeah. I think for the first one, the offside, and this is where it kind of really gets in your core a bit, really, isn't it? It's, yeah, you, you're trying to decide the slimmest of margins with with all due respect is imagery that you, you yeah. like conspiracy theorists have when they're saying that oh look it's Bigfoot or the Loch Ness Monster it's it's yeah. insane how yeah. we're in like a billion pound industry and we haven't got HD cameras to kind of give you the actual yeah. pixel footage that you need to do these things is beyond confusing um, yeah. Yeah. it's
1: just
3: and, it's and insane you know
1: what on top of that yeah on top of that they drew the line from Salah's foot and then was it Ben White I believe yeah. They didn't do it yeah. from Ben White's shoulder. They did it from his foot and his shoulder was leaning a bit forward. So why are you doing it like let's say for Ollie Watkins last night, I believe. Um his mm-hmm. one was drawn from his shoulder. So why are you gonna use certain people's body parts for certain things? Like use the bit that's closest to the goal. Don't just pick and choose when you use certain things. And don't just pick
4: and choose when you call
1: VAR decisions like that.
4: That is it, man. I'm, I'm watching it and I'm thinking surely if you're going to get you might just well give the advantage to the attacker because he's running in on goal and it's so like minute you know what I mean the, the, what you're judging it on and what you're measuring is so small so what's the point and um, again unfortunately we've been hit twice with that like with the Mane one and now with the Salah one it, it didn't really make no sense it didn't really make no sense man couldn't have from it, but hey mm.
3: Yeah, I mean that's 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 where it really kind of like stuck in my it's stuck in my craw really. I mean, it's a fantastic piece of football as well for Liverpool. Um, and it's, it is a bit of a one if moment in the game where we score that goal. And again, I have to say, fantastic football. The, the the pass from Bobby to Salah was just absolutely on the money. Finish was fantastic. Um, and it, you know you do wonder where we go from there. Do, you know, more than likely, we'll grab the grain by the scruff of the neck and we we'll make it possibly two 0 by half time. And we cruise and saying the Reds were boss, aren't they? Um, considering that we you know, had a game earlier on in the week. Um the Sadio Mane one, I have no quantum that whatsoever. He was so blatantly offside that you can't even you can't even disagree with it. Um but then we come to the the, the coup de gras, really, of the VAR decisions. Um the late penalty which Pascal Gross converted. It is a penalty. I think we can all kind of agree with saying that it is, it is and it is rash by um by Robertson to kind of go for the ball like that. But Anik, I'll let you kinda I kinda of let you lead on this one. Your initial thoughts on what happened?
2: So I think in, in obviously in the build up to the goal I wasn't I wasn't too confident. I felt throughout especially the first half we were we were on the racks a bit. But then we 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 shored it up in the second half. So obviously, based on the first half, I was like, okay, they can score any time. But then, as the game progressed in the second half, I thought, okay, actually, we're gonna we're gonna see this game out. It's gonna be like 18, 19, 19, 20 Liverpool. We're gonna we're gonna see the game out and, and we'll be fine. But it I just I just don't know where to start. I think it was just it it was a penalty without a doubt. But it was just it was just a moment of madness, really. I mean. He wasn't really in a goal-scoring position. Welbeck, he came, comes in, connects with him. And, you know, without a doubt, it's a penalty. Um, I think Henderson, correct me, guys, if I'm wrong, I think after the game, he said that it was a soft penalty or it shouldn't have been given. I'm no I am not sure if Klopp Willbeck said it said. was a penalty.
3: Yeah, I think Welbeck, Welbeck said Welbeck to... cut on the, in the BT for one after, because it was a bit of a soft penalty. But soft, soft
2: penalty, yeah. yeah. And then, obviously, Klopp was asked the question, and he said, yeah, it was a penalty. And I think that's what triggered his reaction with, with as yeah. with Kelly. So, look at, look, at the end of the day, we got a similar penalty given for us against, I think it was West Ham. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, you're
2: going to win some You're going to yeah. lose some um, And You know It's a penalty it, To be honest with you it's, it's a really tough one to take I didn't I didn't like the fact all oh, that we got a draw I mean
3: now, the thing Fair with, enough The thing the, way... with, the thing with the penalty We've all been told With VAR You know Yes they changed the rules Throughout the season Then you know In, in terms of leading And what Was that clear and obvious Enough to be overturned Because the ref didn't really look... give it two stars, really. And well, I always think as well, when you slow stuff down, it looks way worse than it is in actual motion. Way you know worse. I mean?
1: in, in,
0: yeah.
1: in full speed, yeah, he, Robertson swings for the ball. And the only reason Danny Robert gets there is because he's so rangy. Like You know how Danny Robert is, you've seen him at Arsenal, and the way he carries himself. And he's quite a tall boy, so he stretched out and got there just before. So I want to shoot Robertson some bell. He's trying to go for the ball. It's late in the game. He's thinking, get the ball the fuck out of there. And unfortunately, that happens. Ideally, like Robertson said, he saw the Adama Traore one on Sunday, and I believe he mentioned someone else. And earlier this season, we saw Maguire on Aspie. That wasn't given. All we want is consistency across the board, innit? While I didn't want to draw, and while the VAR was hard to take, we want to make sure that if we get given that, so if Burton get given that and something like that comes up, let's say in two weeks' time against us, we want to be given that. Make sure every single team is given the same thing. Don't just pick and choose when you decide a decision needs to be overturned when decisions are quite similar in their respect. Completely, yeah.
4: completely agree. Yeah, I agree, man. I, I, but the only thing for me was the, um, the only thing I can say for the penny was that uh, Wellbeck had well when Welbeck got his foot on the ball, he wasn't he wasn't going to be able to go and get it. Mm. So I'm saying so once he's gone, he now needs to get round Robertson to get the ball. So um, that's the only thing that you can say that doesn't really mean anything anyway because Robertson kicked his foot. So I' the end of the day, he runs depends You can't really do too much about it. But like Mark said, we just want consistency within the decisions that. These refs are given, and um, everyone keeps on saying VAR is not working, VAR is not good. The technology is absolutely fine. It's always the user. It's like when you mm-hmm. when you go into your, into work and you switch on your computer and whatever, whatever. Obviously, I always say like, oh, have you switched on or switched off again? Because it could be. <laughs> so it's always it tends to be the user of the technology, and with VAR, that's why it is that the referees in this country are bottom of the barrel, and the only the only referee I've seen worse at the minute, the like African Cup of Nations, bruv. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's that's where the refereeing is at the minute, from. terrible. It's
3: VAR might be our biggest uh, competitor in the title race this season. To be fair, <laughs> it's
2: a fair it right is, now, I mean, it really, really is, man. I don't
1: see anyone in the league threatening us at this point in time. Chelsea look good. I will say they're probably title challenges this season. Spurs look good; they're probably title challenges themselves this season. But I still don't think either of them can match us when we put when we get into gear. And we haven't really got into gear this season.
3: Yeah, no, that's 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 completely fair. I think just to go back to the the, the point that Els made, just I mean. Football is a very binary sport, isn't it, really? When you think about it, we have a certain set, 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 set of rules that we all know that we have to abide by. Um, and sometimes the, and context isn't actually applied in those situations. You know what I mean? So, like I said earlier, when you're slowing something down, it's always going to look worse. Always going to look worse. And I, I get what Robertson was doing. It's later in the game, you're trying to clear your lines. You're trying to go for the ball, smack it, for 40 yards downfield. Just so he's out of play, just as just out of, out of risk, out of harm. But ultimately, when you do that and you do cast the opponent, that's going to be a penalty. Um, and I guess the you know the obviously the contentious point as well is that if you do that anywhere else on the pitch, it's probably a yellow card. Well, not a yellow card, it's probably just a free, it's a free kick. And we're all thinking they're thinking, "Fucking, hell, what are you doing that for?" But when you're in you know, when you're in your own box, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a painful one to take. And it's in regards to the actual kind of operations of VAR as well. It's everything's so subjective too, because it just feels like every time. It's not even like the, the the referees aren't overturning the decisions now either. So when they go to the when they go to the monitor, you know that that initial decision is going to stick now. I mean, when was last time you saw someone go to the monitor and it was overturned
2: properly? Yeah, because they don't want to look. They don't want like, yeah. to look like. They made the wrong decision, so they don't want to go over to the monitor and be like, "Oh, actually, you know what? I want to to change my decision now. Unless it's, like, blatant. Like, blatant. They've they've completely messed up. But, look, it's one of those. And I suppose from the game, the one that probably does stand out to me and where you can apply context was was the example Marco gave where they do the lines against Ben White's body for Salah's offside. Like, why are you taking... Was it his right foot where he was standing on his left side? Salah's right foot and
1: Ben White's left foot. But his shoulder was past his left foot.
2: Yeah, it was past B. It was like... Come on, you, there you have to apply a bit of context. You know which part of his body is closer to the goal. Um, yeah, and that probably leads on to what El said as well. Like, the program's there, the technology is there. It's how you're using it. Like, if you if you're yeah. trained on how to use it properly, then yeah, you could. You, I'm I'm sure you can easily get it right.
3: Can't believe that we haven't got some form of like Hawkeye thing that we can use on the sidelines to see what is an actual straight line instead of doing it on a bloody
4: 2D <laughs> oh, image. <laughs>
3: It, bo- it bothers them aren't you man B- billion 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 pounds bought and for some reason we've got I mean, porn technology and <laughs> we what is happening Jesus 90s, I don't, I don't the, or... <laughs> the 80s porn fucking <laughs> <You're wrong>. software <laughs> Mental, <laughs> the moustache and everything <laughs> it's <laughs> unbelievable
0: it's
4: <laughs> Underboss. and the bus and the bus <laughs> 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 uh,
3: uh it's always a good time. It's always it's always a good time when you just Fracas, isn't it? You never know what you're gonna get. Um <laughs> but back on the actual performance itself, um, you know, we were, we were talking about makeshift back fours literally just um Nat Phillips and Neko Williams with Takumi Minamino sitting in front of them was always gonna be an issue for trouble. And if you're, like, like you said, if you're Aaron Conley and you're looking at that, you're thinking, okay, cool, I can get some, get some work on that side. Um, and, you know, in contrasting fortunes as well, the Neko we saw this evening compared to the Neko we saw on Saturday, nine days apart. Now, Mark, I'll come to you on this. Nat Phillips, I thought, had a fairly, fairly decent game. Now, that is probably down to the fact that Nat Phillips was solely focusing on his game. And, you know, not worrying about having Shepo and Echo Williams throughout the game as well. How difficult, <clears throat> and like, like we said, how difficult must it be for a young right-back to just be dropped into the team without any senior help? And you're being consistently targeted and ripped apart.
1: Yeah, because we saw when Trent was breaking through into the team, the issues that he had being dropped into the team and having to play against top-quality opposition. Um, for me, personally, I felt like Minamino being on the right was a mistake. It should have been Genie. I also think you could probably have swapped to Nat Phillips and Fabinho. I don't know who prefers what side, but ideally to protect Nico a bit more, and to protect Nat Phillips a bit more, Nat Phillips have been next to... to was it Robbo this weekend, sorry? Rubble, yeah, no
2: Robbo.
1: So he gave know, a so penalty. Rubble. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. completely <laughs> forgot. <laughs> little, man, little man part there still. Um, we literally but, yeah. just talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened there. I don't know what happened there at all. Um, but yeah, he should have probably been next... That philip should have probably been next to Robbo. Um, Fabinho should have been next to Nico Williams just to get through the game. And Gini should have been in front of Nico to offer the same protection that Henderson offers Thiago. So, look, getting all the names mixed up right now, that Henderson offers Trent Alexander-Arnold. Um, but Minamino, I feel that is new to us to see anyway. And I don't feel like he played well. So that didn't help Nico at all in the slightest. Um, and again, Minamino isn't the most physical. So he's not going to be bodying up people in that respect and stopping them running at Nico. So while it was a bad performance, I feel like he's 19. He's still a young boy. He's still learning trades. And he's just in an unfortunate situation where he has to play through a bad time for us, isn't it? So I'm not going to hold him accountable for too much. But like we have seen today, he will improve, in it? He'll come eventually. He'll I thought come. would yeah, be like... for the Premier League and ideally I would have wanted to see him loaned out to maybe a lower league, maybe a Fulham or something like that where he could start week in, week out. And learn to trade a bit more and get a bit more game experience. But what can we do?
2: Yeah, I think I, I think on that point he might just need to, just to get a, a decent run of games together, and, and that could just do the world of his confidence good. Because first half against Brighton, personally, I don't think he had the best half. You know, the, the penalty was was very naive, in the challenge he didn't offer enough going forward as well in the first half. You know, a lot of our play is through the wings. And fair enough, he's not training Alexander-Arnold, but I just don't think he was getting himself down that side of the pitch enough to offer an attacking outlet there. Got hooked to half-time, and obviously Milner came up, came on and shored up the defence. And I think that's what really helped Nat Phillips. Um, I think he grew into the game as, as, as the second half went on. Um, but on the flip side, Nico's performance today was really good. Like He kept Neres quiet most of the game. Obviously, Neres yeah. got through a couple of times, but to to keep a you know a, a, a very good European winger quiet like that um, was 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 very impressive. I think he just needs just just needs a few more games, um, and he's still so young. It can just come with you know just with game time. He I, I, I think he'll be able to pull through um, and, and offer enough cover there. Although when Trent is back, I'd want to see him straight back in the team though.
1: Yeah, of course, man.
3: Yeah, we just had sort uh, of David Maddock earlier on that said uh, Trent uh, should be back in training from tomorrow, pretty much. So he will be in contention with playing walls, Wolves, which is which is good. Um, yeah, th- weird game really, Brighton uh, for Brighton. T- Taking nothing away from Brighton, I thought they played really well. They're a really good team as well. Um, just, just in general, and you could see where a lot of their issues have come from in terms of, you know, missing big chances and not taking things by the bull of the horns. And I thought it was quite, um, it was, it was weird that Morpay missed missed a penalty when <laughs> like yeah. he was nowhere near on target. And yeah. it went, "I've had enough of this. I'm going off." So, he uh, <laughs> <laughs> um... thought, thought
2: he was flipped like, "I'm oh, yeah,
0: injured." Just... No, 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 no. no.
2: Yeah, no. <laughs> Everyone saw that penalty miss.
3: <laughs> he was just sitting there, like. Oh. I need to go, I need to go, I need to go home I need to go home <laughs> uh, We would be remiss if we didn't talk about uh, Jurgen Klopp's comments after the game as well, in a very heated exchange with uh, with Des Kelly where we've had um, opposition fans calling him a crybaby, uh, amongst other things so being fairly vocal and outspoken on um, player safety, which I think is something that we can all Agree, it's a very important point when we're living in a Covid world now. Um, you know, when we see, you know, Newcastle, for example, having their game postponed with Aston Villa just because, because they've had a you know an outbreak of their facility. Um, I think one of the things as well that we don't know Sorry. Okay, again, man, where, where are they <laughs> shouting that? Can't hear it in the distance, so you know, very quiet now, isn't it? I mean, we sometimes underestimate how big of a mental toll this probably takes on footballers as well, as opposed to the, the physical side. Just before we kind of you know, talking to that debate, um, you know, if you're someone like Genie Walden, you're you're living at home, probably by yourself. I know his wife and kids they still live in uh, Holland for the, most, for the most part, so he's you know he's just having to train and go home, and he can't see his kids. He's just focused on one thing: is football, and that's got to be really mentally draining. And you know, we don't think of that side of football really. Um, which is a little, you know, I, I'm definitely guilty of it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think we're all guilty of it as football fans. We just don't, don't think of the psychological effect that it's having on players too, as opposed to the physical things. Um, we lost James Miller to injury from that match, from a hamstring injury, and we also lost what became apparent tonight, uh, Alison Becker, to a hamstring injury as well from that game. So I think Jacob yeah, was more with his rights to kind of have a go with Des Kelly, even though it did feel like, you know, when you're, atting someone on Twitter like you know you're the, you're, uh, an Amazon page and Amazon admin saying where the fucking hell's my parcel you know this isn't, a, this isn't the person you should be directing your anger at but but you know I've been banging my head against the wall for the better part of 18 months now that someone's going to fucking have it so <laughs> yeah it's just it's it's just this it is a weird one
4: but um, else
2: that's actual yeah.
3: comments
4: themselves Um, obviously I think we're all in, in agreement with Clark that it made no sense playing on a Wednesday night, then playing on a Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, I have you? Um The players should be afforded at least one day of rest because naturally you play on a um, on a Wednesday, then Thursday will probably be what a rest or you have a little tr- late training on the yep. Thursday. Then Friday you get ready for the game, then Saturday Sunday. Which, which makes sense. I mean, if the game was on Tuesday, I don't think Klopp would have had a problem with playing on the Saturday because at least he's got his day of rest that he wants and the yeah. preparation time. And the players need the rest because you're gonna play, then you're gonna come back on a Tuesday and play again. So it made sense. um Gary Neville and Carragher touched on it yesterday on Monday, Monday Night Football. Gary Neville was of, of the opinion that Klopp just wanted an advantage because he believes he believes that this season is gonna to be tough and he wants to win the title, which might be right, but it's also like you're trying to. Hit clock just wants everyone to stay stay fit and healthy, is it? And, uh, and that's that's what we're looking for. Um, BT and Scott, because and the, and the thing that got me was that Everton versus Leeds was on a Saturday night. Two teams who had not played in Europe. Why are they playing on a Saturday night? Who is yeah. that? Well, obviously, people watch Leeds and Everton, so I'm not going to say who's watching them. But I'm thinking, surely the people that watch them in the evening are going to watch them at a tea time anyway or at lunchtime anyway like we're going to watch Liverpool at any time so it, it, yeah it, it, it's, it's it's
3: a it's a common sense thing isn't it really um, like just in terms of just saying when you're saying can't you one cop's saying can't the broadcast have a conversation where you, you know you just flip some of the picture times around so when you, you when know, you're doing the, the broadcast times and you're just flipping around say so we're playing the evening game Instead of the time game, it just makes complete sense. Um, I do, it would be remiss if we didn't talk about uh, uh, free subs, one point. By the way, that <laughs> that's the funniest thing I've heard this year. You know, free subs, one point.
1: <laughs>
0: in the ring, t-
4: Football is back in full
1: swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. a g that's blue wire all one word bet online
4: your online sportsbook experts
3: so you do you want to say something about
2: that uh no i, I wasn't going to uh, specifically say it on um the three subs one point I, I, I was also just i was also going to just just um just sort of just 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 state my view on it because uh, on on the Klopp stuff because I think what Klopp is saying he's been consistent throughout you know he said it after yeah. the Man City game he said it after the Leicester game he said it after the midweek Champions League game I think it's a case of every other fan picks up on it as soon as we lose yeah. You know, obviously yeah Des Des Kelly's comments. Didn't help, and they sort Bro, of. figured. he came Klopp. prepared, didn't he? Like, he, came, he came prepared, <laughs> and he, he came ready. And, and and it's a case of, you know, Klopp has been consistent. He's been saying this the whole time. Um, it's not just a case of him, you know, wildly throwing his toys out of the pram now that, you know, we, we, we haven't won. Um, but I think also on that, I think what Klopp is saying is what a lot of the other managers are thinking. And it's only Klopp and and Pep that will come out and say these sort of things. Because, and Oli, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. And and Oli said it as well. So, I don't. I don't think it's a case of oh, Klopp's thinking different to every other manager, and he's just to his advantage. I think all the other managers are thinking the same as well, um, which no one really seems to pick up on.
1: Yeah. And like Klopp said, there was there were fifteen or sixteen managers in that meeting that said they wanted five subs. So I don't like this whole rhetoric around Liverpool being crybabies or the manager being a crybaby because everybody is saying it. Oli's gone and said it, and that's gone under the radar. Nobody's really brought that up. Look at the position that, yeah, man, you aren't too far off us, but look at the position they're in currently compared to where they should be. Like, why are people not making that as big of a fuss? And just to go on to Ellis's point quickly as well. People don't factor in travel. We had to travel down to Brighton, so we travelled back, then travelled down to Brighton, and then have to travel back up the next day. Like it's a lot, or the same day even. It's a lot for the players to cope with.
3: Yeah, I think in, you both hit the nail on the head there. Really, it's, it's a lot for the players to cope with, and the fact that people only really do pick on pick up on it when when we're when we've lost the game or we've dropped points and they really kind of amplify that situation where re- in, in realistic terms it's something the club because bangs on about for the past 18 months um, right. you know he's he's gone about the
4: Christmas schedule since he was yeah, like in his
3: first season up, yeah. you
0: know what yeah, I mean like, yeah. this isn't
4: new to us it's it's just he... Like, he said that he couldn't understand why they play so many games he couldn't understand why there's two knockout competitions and to this day I don't understand why there's two knockout competitions for the life of me, I don't understand. For the life of me, I don't, I don't understand why the EFL believe that they're so important that they can't move a game backward or forward so that Liverpool can, can play and then go to to the World Cup. cup. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For the life, of, I don't know why in England they feel that they're so important that they can't leave traditions alone. Like, from your traditions Honestly, haven't not served you well since 1966. Like everyone is leaving you in your wake in football. Why are you still doing the same things? What is happening? Like sometimes I sit down and I watch English football, I'm thinking, what is going on? Like, why do you not think you're the like the best of the best? And anyway, that's the topic for another day. I know why, but we're not going to get into that today. <laughs> and one last <laughs> hashtag
1: abolish
3: that. Hashtag ab- yeah, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag abolish what, Chris? is. <laughs> hashtag abolish the leak up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, man.
1: honestly, honestly. But um, just a quick point. So we remember Ajax getting to the semi-finals of the Champions League. They banned the sorry, they postponed the Aegis field or the Dutch league for that weekend just to allow Ajax that advantage. So why can't the English teams, similar to what else said, move games around dependent just to give themselves the best chance of having continental success or being powerhouses? Like we claim this is the best league in the world, and ideally to me it is. But when you're not not performing at a high level in continental football or in international football, then what can you say? What standout qualities do you have?
3: Yeah, I think everyone will be crying with the Euros next year. And I think, in my opinion as well, I don't think an English team will um, win the Champions League this season either just because of the schedule issues. But unfortunately, that is all we've got time for this week on uh, this week's episode of Content and power powered by social media group. Uh, if you do want more content from uh, the boys with everything we've discussed today and a lot more stuff going forward with the fixture pilot we've just discussed, then please do head over to our Patreon page, that is patreon.com, mm-hmm. forward slash Cop and Fragas, and, and subscribe. But for me, Chris, Elves, Mark, and Alex, we'll see you next week. Cool.